This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The Wednesday Week, the Sheffield Wednesday Fan Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode, a a normal audio episode, uh, so you don't have to look at us. You can still imagine what dreamboats we actually are uh, in in the stratosphere coming literally in your ears. My name is Dan Fudge and with me tonight I've got Dave. How's it going Dave? You alright pal? Not so bad mate, yourself. Yeah, not bad. I've noticed you're sporting a uh, lovely lockdown haircut there. Have you managed that? Um, I'm very well looked after by uh, my beautiful lady wife, who doesn't listen to this at all. So, um, yeah, her and daughter did it. She did a decent job, didn't she? Are you saying she don't listen? Um, no, nah, I'm not going to say anything else. No comment. Well, if she don't listen, I think your haircut's shit. <laughs> 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 and uh, also with me, I've got Ben. How's it going, Ben? You all right, Phil? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. I've uh, I've noticed you're sporting a, uh, a shorter trend there. Have you uh, Have you just gone for a different swish? Uh, we give it. My mum gave it a cut a couple of weeks ago, but other than that, we've, we've just, sides have been been kept kept done quite well. Book, I'm booked in on Tuesday, so I, I'm bringing back the A1 look. Uh, you know. Suitably on my own, I, you know. As, the, as in the boy band, or as in the the road? Uh, the road, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go all grey and useless. Um, so, I tell, <laughs> uh, I tell you what, Ben. Um, I had a funny gag there, but I can't remember it. So, uh, oh, I tell you what it is, right? So, you're the one of the three out of us that still lives in Yorkshire, and uh, I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember, Dave. Back in the day, there used to be a woman come round your house and cut your hair. You never, you, you know, up till being mm-hmm. about fourteen, I don't think I actually went to a hairdresser's. Is that still a thing? No, not not so much anymore. I don't think. No. This is this is sort of woman that's called your auntie, but she's not really your auntie. Yeah, it was that woman. <laughs> that's 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 who There's she not was. Not so much then. of that. There's not so much of that anymore. So Auntie Sue does not come round anymore because she because she was the only one in the uh, you know in the postcode that owned a pair of clippers. <laughs> No, not anymore. All right, fair enough. Now, lads, uh, as we've not done one of these for a while, uh, we've been doing the uh, the lockdown live interviews with the uh, with the ex players, and I want to thank every one of them as well. While I've got this opportunity, because some of them have been absolutely, you know, they've been absolutely outstanding. I mean, uh, John Newsom telling me about having a tear up and wanting to two foot 
Ron Atkinson was one of my favourite things I've heard. If you've not heard him, uh, take a look back on our um, on our Facebook if you want to see us. And if you just want to hear us, um, we're on Spotify and iTunes and the rest of it. I'm just going to burp. Sierra muted it for you then, kids. Did all right, didn't I? Ever the professional. I know, aren't I? Aren't I? <laughs> you can't, can't move for professionals in my house. Right then, so... Post lockdown, we uh, we've got we've you know we've played three games. We've played Nottingham Forest, Bristol City, and West Brom. Now, Ben, I'm going to ask you to try and make sense of them. Let's start with the most recent. Start with West Brom, and let's try and you know counter back because if we if we go through all three, then you know they they were like news from four days ago, weren't they? You know, it's like a meme on the internet. You don't want to <laughs> peddle that for too long, do you? Yeah, I, I don't think we're too bad on on Wednesday night. I know, it obviously. 3-0, but I think scoreline flattered them quite a bit. Um, and it's West Brom, you know, they're, set, they're, they're second in the league and they're meant to, to rock up and, and do that to teams that are sat mid-table in 12th and 13th. I mean, up until the penalty, I mean, I, I were only listening to it because I was on my way back from training, but and from what I've heard that people actually watched it, we, you know, we did all right up until the penalty, especially with a better team. We had corner after corner, just didn't really make much of it. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, Dave, you've got to feel sorry for uh, Moses Adebayo, Ad- Adebichioch. Uh, if it hadn't been for Moses Adebayo, we'd have not conceded a goal long time ago. I mean, yeah. he's unlucky, isn't he, or is he just clumsy? Ah. Uh. It's, I'm going to say it's, a, it's going to be a combination of the two, and, and that's me being probably massively overfair on Moses. He is he's a clumsy, clumsy arsehole, but you've got to think perhaps that teams, with the way we sit up against West Brom, he's a right-sided fullback, and then he's playing left-sided centre-half, and he's not the biggest specimen in the world. And from set plays and crossing into the box, you've got to think that West Brom have targeted going, look, just he's going to have to physically manhandle you because otherwise you're going to be head and shoulders above him so perhaps he's being targeted and seen as a possibility a bit of a liability but bad luck seems to keep coming his way I think I saw something on the internet saying it's four penalties he's conceded in 16 or 18 appearances or something 18 yeah and, and, and they could he genuinely thought he gave away another one on Grzycki uh, right at the end as well so I'm with Ben. I thought from what I saw, we did we did all right. We were playing against a good team, a team that takes chances, and perhaps that was the difference. They could soak up the pressure when we were we were going forward. We we weren't clinical enough, uh, and they sat and they waited, and they took their opportunities, and and that's why they're up in the league where they are, and, and we're not. Now, you're right. I I, th- I think I think him playing in that position was uh, was not just out of position. It was the wrong side and the wrong position. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, now I'm going to give you two two players, lads, to try and make sense of it for me. Now I must admit I quite like this new formation. The way we've come out of it, we've clearly taken the five nil smashing that we had at Brentford three four months ago, and we've turned that into something on the training field. And we've come out with a new formation, this five three two or three four two one, however you want to say it. Now, Ben, I'll come to you because I, I personally I think it's it's the last roll of the dice, even though he's had about twenty of them. Now, the partnership of Wickham and Jordan Rhodes, do you think now, finally, Jordan Rhodes might get that slice of luck that he needs? Or do you reckon he's still just going to run with his ass out? No, I think, I think we, it showed against Forrest where he had, he had a great chance, I think, with first half. He had a couple mm. of good chances. Yep. 
one of which I think are offside anyway, but the one where you're onside and it, it's just that split second that he's hesitated and I think defender either got a blocking or uh, Bryce Samber closed him down. Um, no, I, I can't really see him, him turning it around still. Um, even up front with Conor Wickham? No, even up front. I mean, if you said eight years ago, <laughs> you know, you'd, you'd still be a secondary school mate. <laughs> you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna have, if you would have t- if you would have said to twelve year old me, you're gonna have Jordan Rose and Connor Wickham up front. You'd have thought we'd be in Europe. But <laughs> but then again, if we're wishing for stuff like you know what I mean, if my uncle had tits, it'd be my auntie. You know that you know it's it, it you know it, it's you all pure what about her, isn't it? Your uncle would come round and cut your hair then. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uncle Susan. Uncle Sue came round and cut me hair. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, so do you think he's done then now? I mean, we, we had a decent offer for him at the back end of the year to go to Celtic, but I think Chancery wanted more money. Do you think that's piss poor business once again from DC? Yeah, because he he's holding out for more money, but he's only going to get less as time goes on. His contract's running down. Mm-hmm. He, he, he should have cut his losses on it, but he doesn't seem to want him to do that. But I can't see Rhodes going and... Score, scoring 10 goals that's going to add another million pound onto him. I mean, bear in mind, he's already scored three this season already, and he in one game. So, you know, it's already nearly a third of the one way half. there, pal. You know, glass half empty. He's over a quarter of the way there. Now, Dave, I'm going to come to you about another player that um, you were talking about Odebaggio playing in the, in the position he was. Now, Tom Lees has been telling everybody he's got a hamstring injury, and uh, Gary Monk wasn't having any of it today, was he, in the press? He just kind of said, well, we had a scan and there's no showing up, but he tells me it's twinking, so, you know, what's going off? I mean, yeah. do you reckon there's more to it? I, I, I think so, I, and I don't know quite what the, the motivation behind it is. I think we had, um, we had Paul Smith on the other, the other week, and he was talking a lot about the, the medical technology that um, the clubs have to, to check out for poles, rips, tears. The, 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 the wool can't be pulled over the eyes. The, the club has the facilities to look at that. So that's sort of with, with what Monk came out with today and said, was it clinic, clinically there's nothing wrong with the hamstring or some turn of phrase like that? So if it's medical, medically he's fine and the, the muscle's fine, then it's either a lack of want or will on his part or it's something that's in Lee's own head where he's, 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 down on his, he's, he's down on his form, he's down on his look and he just, you know, do you know when he's on the pitch? I could imagine it'd be an absolute liability anyway. If you're giving the ball, he'd want to give it back to somebody. He'd just knock it long. So I think he's right that he's not in the team if his head's not in the right place. But if his head's not in the right place, why is he not in the right place? Because if he's not wanting to play for Wednesday, then we need to sort that out. And if he does want to play for Wednesday and he's just having difficulty, we need to give him the support so we can get him back to something like. Because at the moment, it's just, it's just a massive, big, expensive paperweight. And that's, that's not what we need particularly. Because I'm going to agree with you, Dan. I think this 3-5-2... Five, three, two, three centre halves. It's working. I think it's getting the best out of I offer. I think him sitting as a sort of sweeping one where you've got your markers, and what he'll do then is if the ball slipped between the marker and somebody, somebody spun off the marker or whatever, he will have the pace and the power to get back and just clear the lines, step out with it. I think it suits him to a T. And with I offer being as good as he's been, I think we need to go right. Well, that's his, that's his position um, cemented in. You've got Borner who's looking good at the left hand side of a back three. Um, so Lee's. If Leeds isn't making a case for being a third of three defenders, then it's no good being a sub to us. He's as well, he's as well out of the club and, and playing for somebody else. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, now, Ben, going back to the to the games, we didn't see see this a lot in the first two. So, Forest, I thought we were very good. I thought uh, I thought one all was probably a, a fair result. It, you know, if I had to pick a winner, I'd, I'd have said it was us. I genuinely thought mm. we were great that day. Uh, Bristol City, we we were okay. I thought we were good. I think that was more them being absolutely dreadful and couldn't finish the dinner that um, that didn't make that one a draw. Which makes me believe that we are essentially a mid-table team. It's it's what we are. It's where we sit. You know what I mean? Seventeenth, wherever we were, was too low. We're go- we're going to be around those eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth positions. Yeah, come come right. what may come. Um, but what we didn't see in those first two games was um, Barry Bannon and the uh, what, what? What would you call that? The one where he keeps dropping back to you know hero syndrome or whatever you want to call it. The one where he drops back into the defence and goes, "It's all right, lads. I'm here. I'm going to sort it out. I've you know I've, I've got it all ready for you. I'll I'll sort your problems out because you're gash." We didn't see that in the first two games. However, in the West Brom game, we did a bit, didn't we? Mm. I'd I'd wrote that article about how Luongo sort of helped him stop doing that, and the West Brom game made me think that it's more Kieran Lee being back that that stopped him from doing that because without Kieran Lee, he seemed to be doing it more. Mm. And whether that's Kieran Lee as that box to box midfielder that that links play up between defence into attack and through midfield as well, then that might be something. But yeah. It, we we all know he's far more effective when yeah he can, he can take the ball off off the defenders but not every time he, he's better effect affecting player further up in like from the middle third going going into our final third and as you said that's something that we didn't really see on Wednesday. Yeah, I think yeah. also this, this this formation should lend itself to somebody in the back stepping out as well so that negates the need for mm-hmm. Bannon. To, if we're going to play with that three centre halves and I offers in the middle. And if you're giving Iofa that a bit of free reign to go right, look, your markers are back. You step into the step into the midfield. Look to play short balls. By all means, drop back if he needs be, but he shouldn't need Bannon to come and do that because that's putting four players in the centre of a defensive area, and that's why there's nobody to put it long to. I'd, I'd agree. However, I don't think we at the moment we've got that defender that, despite Iofa being there, that I'd be happy with actually stepping out because Iofa did it against against Bristol City and. First half, maybe? Yeah, first yeah. half. And I think it led to, might have been Kieran Lee picking up a yellow car because I offer it, had stepped, it had stepped out, got dispossessed, and ended up, you know, Kieran Lee having to make a, a, a foul to take one foot team. Yeah. Like, so, no, fair enough. I don't think we've got that ball playing centre half, which need, is where. Need a Baguera again. Say again. Need something like imagine Baguera again, somebody that's yeah. step out. Uh, Hector. Mm-hmm. Actually, my collector's been doing really well for Fuller Money, which is absolutely devastating. But I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to think about it. So, um, so right. So, let, let's go through the team a little bit. You know, fullbacks are what they are. You know, we'll get the contracts in a bit and all the rest of it. But there's a couple of people I want to talk about as well. One of them being Kieran Lee. And I think you touched upon it then. I think, you know, that the box-to-box uh, impact that he's made has actually been really good. However, sticking... Luongo in there, especially against Bristol City and arguably uh, Nottingham Forest, that changed that. That changed our dynamic, didn't it, Dave? I thought Luongo was brilliant. I've, I've got to say, um, with his injury problems, it's always hard to kind of to, to know exactly what you're going to get with a player. But he's came back looking fit after this break, his enforced break. I think he had something to the midfield. I don't think he's a replacement for Kieran Lee. I don't think he's a replacement for Barry Bannon. It's just a different dimension, and. 
it's just a shame that Lee, obviously, with his age, with his injury problems, it is that if he'd been 28 or 29 with that injury problem, it might be easy to go, look, give him another year, give him another two years, whatever. But he's 31, he's, he's got this dodgy hip that's it might last a week, it might last a month, it might last a year, who knows. Um, Luongo, for me, negates the need for a Joey Pelopese, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can see with Luongo. My sleeping man negates the need for a Joey <laughs> Bellapesi. You know what I mean? Now, um, I think you're right. I think his age is going to catch up with him at some point, isn't it? It's, uh, I, I still find it weird that we kept him and not Gary Hooper. Mm-hmm. For me, it seemed to be one of them where we either keep both of them or, or F them both off. You know what I mean? They, they both seem to have these big, long injuries, and we just kept one of them, which I found weird. And they're both absolutely quality. I think they're, mm-hmm. you know, I think they're some of the best players we've had. Um, so last one, last one I want to talk to you about, Ben, is um, it looks like he's lost about four stone during during the lockdown. Has he had coronavirus or some kind of eating disorder? I mean, Conor Wickham looks like a different player, doesn't he? I thought you were going to say Ati Nui. Ati Nui looks like the walking bloody dead. You know what I mean? But uh, but yeah, what about what about Conor Wickham? He he looks he does look a, a completely different player to what we saw at, at Brentford, for example. I mean. Technically wise, what we saw before before the break, I don't think it was as bad as what people were making out. I think it were his lack of match sharpness. I mean, he 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 had chance, he had good chances before the break that goalkeeper that keepers had been saving. He he had a volley at Birmingham that he'd done everything right, and Lee and Lee Camp pulled off probably the best save I've seen all season. So I don't think there were anything wrong with his 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 technical ability, what it was just that sharpness and, and his mm. fitness that now it's back. <laughs> it, it's a, it's going to be very divisive with what people think on this one, but I'd, I would consider having him back, whether it's another loan for a year. <laughs> oh, that's it. He's, he's pissed. He's pissed. Get him off. What's the matter with <laughs> Oh, do you think it's something we should invest in then, Dave? Yeah. Uh, ben, no. yeah, sorry. <laughs> Dave, Ben, one in, one in you. Sorry, I'll Ben. Go, yeah. And then Ben can say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dave can go first. Right. I wouldn't do personally. I think if you could get him back on a loan, that's different. But I think the money it would cost to get him in, I think Palace have sent him to Wednesday for exactly the reason, as he's showing now, he's looking like yeah. he's sharp, he's fit, he's looking like he could be something that'd be useful to them. So I don't think it's in their interest to sell him. Um, I don't think necessarily in his interest of his career for him to come to the Championship. And I think that the money, albeit we might have the money to be able to secure him now with Fletcher and Forestieri and, and whatnot moving on, I'd just like to see that. I think it's, we're, we're throwing good money after bad and we're doing the same as what we've done before. We're, in, we're throwing big wages and big money on somebody that's at the peak or coming to the peak and we're not necessarily going to see a return on that investment and we've, we've, we've not succeeded in doing that. There is a Wolves model that works with that. Um, but he's a massive slice of fortune. So I'd rather see the money that we've saved from Fletcher, from Forestieri and whatnot, um, reinvested in some some younger up-and-coming players that we might make money off. But Sorry, Ben's going to tell me I'm, I'm, good, I'm, I'm wrong. At what Vic's just put in chat. What's that? Have, have a quick look. <laughs> what we've not shared, what she said. Uh, Please don't be naked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's our plan. <laughs> uh, I, thought, I thought you guys were already were naked. <laughs> Ruined it now. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll follow you into to, uh, 17 minutes so I'll just make a note there for the edit uh, <laughs> right where were we Ben was going to tell me why Conor Wickham's going to sign for Wednesday 
<laughs> okay, so Ben, so you think you think opposite then, yeah? You think that this might be something we could take a look at going forward? Well, I, well, I think well, I say that I do completely agree with what Dave's saying. I think he's he's twenty. Is he still twenty six or twenty seven? Maybe now. And me thinking, you probably, I think you could get a good five years out of him. But then I'd agree with what Dave's saying. He's probably going to have little sell-on value after that. And for, for that, yeah, you probably do want to be looking at at strikers around, you know, tw- 22, 23-year-old that, yeah, you can have them for four years and then you could hopefully sell them for bigger money, something that obviously we've seen Brentford, uh, yeah, Brentford do with Ollie Watkins. Um, but who, who is that striker? And mm-hmm. do we have it in us to find that striker? And, and you <laughs> Absolutely look- not. No, we haven't. <laughs> Because we've shown now for the last five years that we that we haven't got that, and we'd rather go for for a Connor Wickham or as we've seen with Gary Hooper, where you you buying people in the prime and then letting them go on a three, four, or five years later. But I'd love it if we could find that young striker that, that's that's going to be with us for seven or eight years and then have a big sell on fee. But it's whether we can actually do it. I uh, I call that the you know the way Sheffield Wednesday buy strikers. I call it the Dan Fudge car conundrum. So uh, what I do is buy a car for about fifteen hundred quid to about two grand, run it into the absolute floor, and then scrap it and then get a new one. You know what I mean? Which is what we do with our strikers. It's what we did to Gary Hooper, and uh, what we seem to have done. And uh, I kind of want to bring this up a little bit because, you know, let's, let's move into the contracts. Let's talk about it. And I think, you know, we'll, we'll obviously get on to, to Nando and Fletch and, and Fox, which are the main three. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about Sam Winnall because I, I kind of feel that – does anybody feel a little bit sorry for him? Because, I mean, mm-hmm. for me, I mean, Dave, he, he was signed, wasn't he, as, as a backup in case that Jordan Rhodes deal didn't go through because that was, that was yeah. a late, late – uh, transfer deadline day signing wasn't it yeah. um, and we signed him for half a million pounds and I thought it was quite prolific I mean you know he proved that when he went to Derby before he got his injury he got something like eight goals in eight games or something ridiculous didn't he mm-hmm. um, but we seem to have ruined his career a little bit do, do you not think I think I think you're 100% spot on I think the situation that Ben and I were just going back and forth on there with Wickham when was exactly the sort of player in that situation with that amount of money that we spent on him that we should be looking for. Now, if we're going to be buying 26 and 27 year olds, if you're picking them up for half a million pounds and they have a proven track record uh, of scoring championship league one level relative to Wednesday, obviously, if you're the, no, it's all around about that same sort of standard. There's no loss. You're bringing him in. And if it doesn't work out for him or it doesn't settle or has injury problems, it's half a million pounds. You've pissed up the wall. And it, that's, that's what it is. Um, but, you could get a tune out of it. You could end up getting your money back. You could get, end up making a... You're not going to lose a lot. It seems to be like your example when you were saying about your, your 1,500 pound two grand bangers. If that breaks down the next week, then you've only, you know, you've lost 1,500. You've not paid 10 grand and lost it the next week. So I think looking for people like Winnell spot on, but the fact that we were shopping in two different places at the same time for the same thing, um, it, it sort of serves us right, to be honest. You know, having having both things there, if we got Winnell, given the fact that Transiri seems to have had his arm twisted by the fan base for Rhodes, he'd have been as welcoming around and going, well, look, I've bought you somebody just as prolific for 20 times less than what it would have cost. 
and he would have looked the astute businessman that he's supposed to be. But to 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 buy both just because your kids are saying they want McDonald's and a Burger King doesn't mean you buy them both and they turn into little <laughs> fat bastards. I'm just going to make a note of that, Dave. Uh, That's probably quite accurate, that, based on what we've heard about what his, his son makes when you're sitting wrecking and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think if you uh, if you follow Atty Chansiri on Instagram, you kind of get the skinny, don't you, on who we're about to sign. That's kind of how it works. So let's get into it then, Ben. Let's talk about uh, Stephen Fletcher. He said he wanted to uh, end his career. We're always happy to end his career with Sheffield Wednesday. And... Uh, and now, this for me, a lot of this is conjecture, but from what I gather, uh, DC has been paying their wages through the three months of lockdown and then offered them a pittance at the back end of the season, like some extra money, as it were. Now, the way that could be construed is that that could be a 70% pay cut, or is it essentially, is some money just to play us for these extra eight games? Because I've been paying you and you've been doing for call for three months. I mean, how do you feel about it? Well, for, for, from what I, I've heard, and we're probably never going to know the truth. It's going to be somewhere in between everything that, that all the fans hear. But uh, apparently Fletcher were willing to take a pay cut, which is, you know, it's, it's to be expected. He's 33, he's, he's had a, you know, an injury problem. And despite him being his top goal scorer, he's only really come up with something like that this year out of the three years that he's been with. So I think he expected to set that pay cut. Um, but then the one that Chan Series ended up saying, take it, take it or leave, is a bit too too low for anybody, really. But, you know, there's a, there's an argument because, you know, DC constantly talks, doesn't he, about is he an honourable man and he's not an honourable man. You know, Alman Abdi being the fucking poster boy for it. Like, you know what I mean? But the... Um, when you think about it, this let's let's say it is six grand. Yeah, let's say for example, I, we, we we don't know anything. It could be six grand. Let's say it's six k. Yeah, and this is what DC has offered on top of what his um, earnings for that year was going to be. So, for example, on paper, when this season started, Stephen Fletcher was going to earn X amount, and it was going to stop at the end of May. Yeah. That's when his contract was going to finish. He was going to earn this amount of money. Yeah. And then we've offered him six grand on top of that as well. So here's a six grand kicker. Here you are, pal. Thanks a lot. So there is an argument on DC's side that sort of says, well, here's the amount of money I have earmarked for Stephen Fletcher with six grand on top. What do you mean it's a 70% pay cut? Do you know what I mean? Because has he not been paying the players' wages for the past three months? He, he has, but. I, I think this six grand that we're talking about was his weekly wage for the next year. You That's reckon what he, it wasn't to just carry him through until contract negotiations? No, from, from whatever that that were going to be his new new weekly wage. Well, if that's the case, we're a fucking joke, aren't we, Dave? <laughs> yeah. Do you know something? I, I, I always, when, when I've heard this, this, this sort of massive pay cut's been discussed, my brain it was the same as what Ben. I was thinking if that's a 12-month contract to a 24-month contract at 80% less, then we deserve everything we get. Mm-hmm. But it's only when you've said that, therefore, saying, well, look, over the, from, from, from the, the, the 1st of July to the 30th of June, you've, you have had 52 payments of 30 grand a week. 
Mm-hmm. You've got your money. It's not my fault, as Mr. Chancery, for the season being extended. But mm-hmm. to, get, to get that through, I'm going to give you the six grand that you weren't going to get because even if you'd signed for somebody tomorrow, you can't play for them for the rest of the season anyway. So yeah. it's, going to, it's going to be six grand a week or whatever figure it would be better off by playing for Wednesday, by signing a short-term deal. Yeah. So if it, if it was purely pitched as this is what you'll get for your weekly wage until the end of this season, the 20. 19-2020 season and we'll renegotiate for 2020-2021 uh, mm-hmm. then, then you could perhaps see and go well you know if it was going to be round about what he was earning this season then we've maybe maybe he's been a bit short-sighted in not signing that five, six, whatever grand but if, if that's what he was going to get for next season then you can't blame him or anybody else for walking and, and the problem is we genuinely don't know Mr Chancery doesn't think like a football uh, chairman no um, he, he, he's he, he's either a businessman or he's, he's, he just goes by his gut feeling with things. Um, he's, he's obviously Mr. Paxow's got his ear, and, and that's a that's a problem. Um, but yeah, there's so many moving parts with this. It could be it could be agents, it could be it could be uh, families or what have you. Um, it could be just the, the feeling that's within the club. I mean, I don't think um, people like Hutchison and people like that who've moved on are leaving on, on great terms. So maybe if like just thought you know something, I've played a couple of years with my good pal Barry. I can go somewhere else. Bollocks. Yeah. I don't need. I don't need any more. He'll probably get a couple of years out of somewhere like Sunderland again, back up there. You <laughs> know what know. I mean? That, you know that, that. You know they, they don't seem. Or to MLS know. or something like that. Yeah, maybe. Well, maybe. Hutchinson said that his agent was trying to trying to get him to MLS. So that, well, that could possibly. How, how do you feel about Hutchinson? Because I, I I feel that we've kind of lauded him as the great Sam Hutchinson. It's going to be a, a sad time now he's gone. Personally, myself, I'm thinking, well, fuck him. Thank God he's gone. Like. Uh, You know what I mean? He's fallen out with two managers uh, with clearly an arrangement that that gets mooted all the time, an arrangement he had with Carlos, and then two managers since have had a tear-up with him about something, and it's the same two players. Now, Hutch is one of them, and uh, let's not forget, the man has got knees made of biscuits, you know what I mean? And... I, I, I am sick to death of two things in, in, a, in, any, uh, in any game. Hutch being down for at least four minutes per game and getting booked every... It's a, it's, a waste, it's a waste of a player. You know what I mean? Given the wages that he was probably on, we could spend that on another Kieran Lee, couldn't we, Ben? Yeah, I, I, I completely <laughs> yeah. agree. I mean... Yeah, right. <laughs> he, he's not come out of the interview that he did with Andy Giddings brilliantly. Well, tell us about that, then. Tell, tell us about what went off. He, he, it was a line where he said um, that pretty pretty much. I'm paraphrasing here, but he, he pretty much said, "Well, whenever I've not been in the team, we've not done very well. So who wants to be a part of that team anyway?" Do you think? That, do you think? Do you think that he's almost romanticising? How he's you no, know, he obviously has been an important part of the team at some stage. Yeah, uh, but but do you think he's even? Do you think he's think he's gonna come back in and he's gonna be as effective as he was two or three years ago? And, and even he's not even looking at with himself, going, well, I'm three years older and my knees went in good good state anyway. You know, I think he's maybe wanting to be the player that he was, and that's his frustration. It's not actually the fact he's not getting picked. It's his, he's got quite a bad attitude. He's got bad injury problems and he's getting older. Those three things, and he's just lashing out, going, oh, well, I'm never picked, and that's why. Yeah, I think that I think that's a problem with some of the fan base as well. That the best players yeah, are always definitely. the ones that aren't playing. And I'm I'm just trying to find the points per games that that actually compares 
Dawson and Westwood, and it compares Luongo and Pelopesa. Um So with Hutchinson, played 23 games, 1.35 points per game. Mm. Pelopesa, this this is a few weeks ago, but 12 games, 1.33 points per game. Mm-hmm. So it's no, not negligible no difference, difference, yeah. It makes, no, makes basically no difference. So... And you think about how much Hutchinson's going to be on compared to Pelopesa. I know Pelopesa is probably not going to be in, the, in, you know, in everyone's starting lineup anyway on the good day. I know I'd rather. He plays, have, he plays but, behind Fudge's Nan on a good day. <laughs> I was just. I tell you what, it was weird because you just mentioned Pelopesa and uh, and Sam Hutchinson in the same sentence. And I was sat there. I was listening to you, lads, but I just glazed over, going, "Who's prettier?" Out of those, two. <laughs> you know what I mean. Was, this is this is where we need Vic, in it. Vic, can you tell us who is the prettier man out of Joey? If I'll text her now, you text talk about yeah. Talk, let's talk about um, let's talk about Fernando Forestieri, Dave. While I text Vic, Forestieri, I've said in a previous pod um, before the lockdown, and that that as good as he can be on his day, and as much of an enigma as he is, I just think that it's got to that point where he was playing. He was playing for himself. He didn't know what Forestier was going to turn up. He didn't know what, how to get the best out of him. Do you pick a formation where you play around Forestier? And if you do that, if you put him in a number 10 role or whatever he wants to do and then he doesn't turn up, does it knock your entire game plan? We've done some bonkers things like playing him at left fucking wing back. So it doesn't... I just think that for, for me with Forestier, as great as he could be, we cannot afford him and the team at the moment. And there's people that bring more to the team than he does. Like somebody like Adam Reach mm. at the moment, they're that far off form. Reach can't get into the team because it's better to have him away from the team when he's all he wants to do at the moment is try and get a shot on his left foot. I think he took one off Wickham's left foot in that last game or the game before, and he's yep. it, it, just he's desperate to try and get back to where he was. And Forestieri is a combination between trying to get back to where he was, tries for 20 minutes, can't be arsed, kicks somebody, gets booked, and then throws the huff. So I love Forestieri in terms of what he's done when he's been great for Wednesday. But since that second game of the second, sorry, first game of the second season, or the second game of the second season, um, he's 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 put himself really. He's got all Wednesday fans backs up. I think so. Thanks for the good bits. Not going to miss the tantrums. So yeah, I, I, again, I completely agree. I mean, I don't think he's really done much. For me, he's not done much since the first season. Everything, everything really changed with what happened down at Norwich, of course, when he refused to play, and I don't think he. It was impossible for him to ever recover with a fan base from that. You say that, Ben, but I tell you what, the following game for that was uh, Robbie Di Matteo when he took over at um, Aston Villa. And we played them at Hillsborough and he scored in the 84th minute. And I tell you what, not one bloody person mentioned Norwich for that last no, half. That was, that was game before. Was it game before? Yeah. You sure? Uh, well, it's only game of season, wasn't it, Villa? Sorry, yes, that's right. Ignore <laughs> what I just said, I'm going to edit that out. All right, <laughs> And then it landed on its wheels and started first time. We've still had no word from Vic on who's hotter, Hutch or Joey, so uh, we'll keep it going. Uh, well, although, Ash's, yeah, Asher's Ash, Ash gone for Hutch, so, uh, so that's nice, <laughs> isn't it? Um, <laughs> okay, so, right then, this is a big one for me because um, I feel as football fans, we are quite, what's the word? We are quite uh, a poetic bunch we like you know we like the the underdog to to come through we you know what i mean we like we're romantics 
we're romantics. That's the way we like the, the plucky underdog story there, boy. You know what I mean? We, we love all that shit. Now, for me, Morgan Fox has come under, I think, what's that term that Ash used? Dog's abuse. You know, I quite mm-hmm. like that one. It's a proper Yorkshire phrase, isn't it? It's come under dog's abuse from the, uh, from the team because, to be fair, he was, well, what I like to call fucking dreadful. <laughs> and uh, and he, he seems to have found his feet a little bit. I still believe that this could happen with Moses Odebayo because I feel that he has a... You don't just become a shit football player overnight. Uh, Jordan Rhodes has had more chances. Odebayo, mm. if we're judging Jordan Rhodes as the yardstick, has probably got another three seasons before before we absolutely turn on him and tell him to piss off. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> but... Um, but like Morgan Fox came under a serious amount of abuse and I'd love to say he got his head down and, and he trained really hard. He probably hadn't done any of that. He's probably just gone, oh, so this is how it all works here. And it's just clicked. You know what I mean? It's just clicked for him. And for me, everybody's lording it up. Oh, I can't believe we're losing Fox, but I don't blame him. It, what he's done, he's gone from here. This is a good defender. He's just got to average. He's got to William Palmer. You know what I mean? It's, it's, just, it's just got to what a fullback should do. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's no better than Liam Palmer on the other side or what Jack Hunt was. He's just turned into, he's, he's now doing the bread and butter basics. But we, we again, because he's gone, we've seen to have mm-hmm. lauded him up as the next saviour that's now, you know, the next good player to leave Sheffield Wednesday. If we're putting him on the pedestal as the same as Fletch and, and Forestieri, we're making a bit of a twat of ourselves, aren't we, Ben? I'm gonna to have to make a twat myself then, because I, 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 I'm, that, that is the one that I'm most disappointed with. Um, probably because of what Gary Monks said about what he's looking for in in the players that he wants in the side, um, and with age-wise, he's got more more to give than what Fletcher and Forestieri have for me. And I think that it would it's just been the fact that he's come back from. The dead, pretty much, because he were. That's where. That's pretty much where we were at um, about eighteen months ago. I mean, I, I wonder him that we're giving him dogs abuse because he, he were rubbish. And at the start of this season, when we loaned Matt Penny out to St. Pauli, I was thinking oh, that's a bit of an odd move because he'd have probably put him in front of Fox. And then this season, I, I would be giving Fox. My player of the season. That's who I'd be voting for. It, it, like you know, if you had a vote. Dave, Dave, back me up here, Paul. Come on. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save you, Dan. I'm, I, see, you, you, you're right in what you said. I, I, while Ben's right in terms of, he has, he has done well, and he has, he has stepped up, and he has, he's made the shirt his own. But is that because of our own complete lack of depth in that position? Um, he's, he's been back. He's been solid. He has been solid, and he has done well but he's been solid and done well and the words that you would, you would use to describe Liam Palmer so that's probably a good analogy he's done everything you'd expect of him as a fullback but that's what we expected when we signed him um, that's about it, it I'd not again not thought about it in terms of I'm, I like I'm a football fan so I'll go with a romanticising version of him being the consummate professional and he, and he might be but he might not be as well. He's, he's been professional in terms of he's got on with his games when he's played. I don't think he's ever deliberately tried to cause us any problems. He's certainly improved as a player. Now, whether that's internally within himself with the coaching combination or two, whatever, it is what it is. But same could be said for a lot of players. You know, Players do improve when, when they do play regularly in the team, which is what he's done. Um, 
But given the fact, and I think Ben alluded to the fact that Penny's coming back, he's had a season away with St. Pauli, he's played a reasonably high standard. Um, and if we continue with this formation, I've got to think it's got to, it's got to suit him. Um, attacking fullback. So, yeah, if, if Penny, if, if I had got a choice between releasing Penny or giving Fox a new contract, and, uh, uh, you know, I'd, I'd take Penny, give, give Penny the year, he'll be on less money, he seems to sit the, uh, suit the formation better, he's younger. So, thanks, Fox, thanks for what you've done, but that's it, no more, no less. Yeah, I get, I, get, I get that as well. I, I do get that as well, and I, I do think that disappointment that that I've got that that Fox is going, the the fact that Penny's coming back with more experience and much likely to be a better player than what he were, and he he, he didn't do badly for us anyway. Season before uh, last season, same season before last, I think we moved on. Um, well. Yeah, like you said, I think as a, as a left wing back, somebody that can get up and down the left side on their own. I know Kadeem Harris has done it and I think he's, he's done all right himself in the last three games. I think that could be could be specialised for Matt Penner. I think I've, I've got to say with, with Harris, though, it, it still looks like a winger playing as a, as a wing back. He's not going to bring anything. Mm. And I think what we saw at the West Brom game is that Murphy and um, Harris are good going forward, but they, they haven't really got the defensive brain. Hopefully, Penny is almost like specialist for that position. Reach should have been, mm-hmm. but I think Penny's a bit more dynamic way, and I think he'll be a break faster from that position. So going forward, if we could get somebody similar on the right-hand side who's a, an offensive fullback or a slightly more defensive-minded midfield player so they can do both bits, have the engine, have the pace, then, I, then hopefully that'll give us uh, options going forward next year. I worry I about it. I think he has, right? So Murphy's, Murphy's done okay, but I don't know where Murphy fits into this formation. I, I don't know where Harris fits into this formation. I think out of the two, and I think we discussed this at the early part of the season, out of the two, Jacob Murphy, we weren't having him. We were like, nah, dumb him. You know what I mean? Not, not a great signing. However, Harris, he's the one, this one, kid. That switch, didn't it? Around about yeah. Christmas time, around about mm-hmm. November. Um, Miller's become... Very average, you know what I mean? Sorry, Harris. He's, he's called Miller Killer on the on mm-hmm. the Instagram. But yeah, Harris is, Harris has become very average. I I, I feel I don't think mm-hmm. he's done much. Uh, well, neither of many of the players. We you know we lost. We won three three games in eighteen. Like so so we've all been doing shite. But mm-hmm. you'd look at Harris to be somebody to be you know the um, the person that would. Has he been sussed out though? Because he yeah. he's a quick lad, but he plays on the he plays on the left and. He can't deliver with his left foot, but he's right-footed. And he's got two options. He uses his pace to try and like, loop over a left-footed cross. He doesn't zing them. He kind of spoons them up. Mm-hmm. Or he comes on his right-hand side and he'll hit a shot. Now, I guess West Bromley hit the post. And that was a cracking shot. And he tried something similar in the Bristol City game. Mm-hmm. Um, folk are going to work that out. And, it's gonna, yeah. it's, and the problem with that is, I think it, when we played against Charlton down at the Valley ages ago, he started on the right. And he was dog shit. It really, really was bad. <laughs> he is... For a right-footed winger to be so bad at right wing was mental. So it's, it's fortunate for Wednesday that just as Harris went off the boil, Murphy picked up. Mm-hmm. Neither seemed to have had a good game at the same time. No. Um, but, but Murphy's not ours and Harris is. And that's, well, yeah. that's <laughs> Classic Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday business there for you, lads. Now, like, so I think, I think that Miller, uh, Miller again, fucking hell. Uh, I think Harris would be a, in trouble if this is going to be our formation. I think uh, you know if I was if I was Harris looking at this form, I'd be going, 
agent, get me a move because, mm-hmm. uh, well, one, they're doing shit, and two, uh, you know, uh, they, they're not going to play my type of football. Um, so, but I, I've, got, I've got now the game against West Brom. I've noticed it the last three games, and I noticed it against Brentford as well. You, pro- you, you know, you saw um, Murphy at the end that we were in. Murphy was constantly attached to that left wing, like on the byline, to the point where you sometimes couldn't see him because he got lost in the crowd. Um, but when they get the ball, they tend to have this tendency where they try and run it in on the edge of the 18. Mm. They don't just absolutely ping across him. And we've got Connor Wickham there and Jordan Rhodes. Now, g- given, because if Pete Lohman's listening to this, he mugged me off in a group chat I'm, chat I'm in the other day. <laughs> I, uh, I said, what is it? Well, we did it where... where uh, Murphy has tried to walk one into the 18-yard box and then, like you said, scoop one over or, mm-hmm. or try and pass one in on the near post. Now, and I said, why do we keep doing that? And then, you know, Pete Lohman, what he's like, he hit me back with some stats and said, <laughs> uh, we've had seven crosses in the box, Dan. But I don't think they count if you're going to walk it in and then pass it across. That's not a cross, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Get to the byline and stick it on the back beans on toast. Surely that's a cross, you know what I mean? Now, do you, do you reckon that's something that we need to work on, or is that something that Gary Monk's told them to do? Like, it, it's bloody rubbish, isn't it? I, I do think Aris does it now and again, but as Dave said, it's a, the actual quality of the cross when he gets there that yeah. it, it is usually a looping ball into the box where, that suited Fletcher yeah. a lot of the time to attack it, but not necessarily Wickham and Rhodes who, uh, who need something more... Um, direct to them rather than actually attacking it um, Murphy again he's, he's, for me it's a bit of a one trick pony that he he gets it as though he's looking to to come inside and if he is going to get he, 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 do, he, he, he does that swing, swing around doesn't he? and he did, he, he did do it against Bristol City and it come off for him but it only usually comes off one in about 12 so it, it is that thing that that for years now, probably since Antonio and, and Jermaine Johnson left, that we haven't got really that player, despite bringing Aris in, Aris in last summer, that can get to the byline and put a good ball in and get people off the seats. We've, we've either had no pace at all in Ross Wallace, who were brilliant in his own right, but, but wasn't someone who were, were going to get to the byline, or we've had pace and but a lack of delivery. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, if you get both, that's a player that's probably in Premier League. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, where do you go from there? Yeah. Um, right, I've got, I've got one last topic to talk about here, lads, unless you've got something to add on. Um, now, my least favourite Sheffield-based journalist, uh, Rob Statton, <laughs> um, about 10 years ago, <laughs> I'll tell you a story. I think Rob Statton's really good. At, uh, at going, I can exclusively reveal. It was me what said this. You know, I'm great, look what I'm telling you. Now, <laughs> he and nobody else in the world seems to have this scoop that Sheffield Wednesday have not been paying their players properly. Only him. Now, with it being him, of all people, and the reason why he's had me blocked on Twitter for the best part of a decade, um, with it, you know, because it's him, makes me take it with a pinch of salt. But because it's Sheffield Wednesday, I go, yeah, that sounds about right. It sounds like the clusterfuck that we <laughs> normally do. Like, you know what I mean? Dave, what do you reckon? I'm, I'm not buying a huge amount of this. Um, it could There's be- only one source. It's literally just him and everybody else has copied his 
tweet, it, as it were. I, I, with, with the way things are at the minute and the, the power that you've got from, from agents and uh, the influences that you've got and the way you can kind of tell the truth by not really telling the truth, if, if this is just one of those things where somebody's wanted a bonus and they've not been given a bonus, and then technically that means, well, that person's not being paid the wages, as according to his man or whoever his agent is, you know, it's, 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 we can all write his own reviews. And if, 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 he, if somebody's claiming or somebody on somebody's behalf is claiming that they've been unfairly treated, the local journals and, and even national journals are going to be happy enough to make that a sensationalist headline to get clicks. And, click, mm-hmm. and, and, and I'm not saying that's what Rob's done in this case, but if, um, if that is what's happened, then um, it's, it's, it's not necessary. It's not necessary to, to, to take a single source and sensationalize a story. I don't think Wednesday we're in a position where we can't afford to pay his players. It might just be that there's a version of events that somebody doesn't like, and that's how it's been spun. But uh, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not putting too much concern it, into this. It was something that Hutchinson and Andy Giddens kicked off. It was what pretty much kicked off the interview that Andy Giddens did with Sam Hutchinson. And Hutchinson said, yeah, it, it's happened, but it's, it, with coronavirus, it's this obviously, this is something that's never happened before, but it's all getting, so he pretty much quashed it. He said it's, it, it has happened, but he said it's not a problem. He spoke with, he said he spoke with Lindsay, whether that is, is that some other way, the finances or whatever. That's, the, that's the last that comes around and cuts people's hair. Auntie Lindsay. Yeah, Auntie Lindsay. <laughs> So he said that he spoke to her and that it will all go be sorted. So it, it does pretty much seem like a non-story. It's something that, I think something similar happened so, a few so months can, ago. Sensationally it's sensationally revealed. Like, you heard it here first, Ben. Pretty so much. <laughs> pretty yeah. much. It, I, I can it, exclusively reveal that Rob Statton, once again, is full of fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I can't avoid him. I don't know what it is. I just find him right smarmy. And everything is so self-serving. It's, look at this, look at my contorted face. I'm so angry about him. Like, and, he, and he's gone, oh, yeah, nobody's getting paid. And then just tweeted it out into the stratosphere. And you know what our idiot bloody fans are like? You know what I mean? The, the stupid, some of them. Look at, look at the Leary conundrum. And what was the other one? Nuhui, because it's Nuhui. Christ Almighty! Like because somebody's written their name down in joined up writing, they think it ends in H-U-I. Crackheads, some of them, and they've gone, "Hey, up, oh, Rob's tatted off it, off it, off it." There, you. I was just, I couldn't believe it. Like you know, come on, man. Let's. And, and my apologies if you're one of these Liera Nuhui people listening out there, but you know, learn to fucking spell for one. And <laughs> <laughs> But still, I think it's absolute bollocks. Now, lads, have you got anything else to add before I uh, before I wrap this up and get a lawsuit from uh, from Rob Statton? You want to look at the game for the weekend? Um, yeah, yeah, go for it. Whatever. Yeah, fuck it. What we got? So we're Swansea away, aren't we, on Sunday? Well, let me put, let me put that to you, Dan. What are you, what are you thinking? What are you saying for this game? Swansea is is one of those absolute non-games. I was looking at the fixtures actually coming up, and uh, Middlesbrough's one that concerns me with uh, with Neil there. But then they got beat last night, which makes me think that they are actually fucking dreadful. But uh, Swansea's one of them that could be, you know, end of the season, middle of the table fixture could be three all, you know, or it could be just nil nil dross. I don't, you know, we don't have anybody that frightens them. They don't have anybody really that frightens us. It's just going to be an absolute. Waste of gash. Go on. I mean, mm. what do you think, Ben? Um, the only the only player that I'd really be looking out for for Swansea is Ryan Brewster. 
He scored well. He, he didn't score the free kick against Millwall, but he, he all but did eat the bar that come down at keeper and went in. Um, obviously he's on loan from Liverpool. He, mm-hmm. He's a he's a good good player. He's probably going to go on and play for England. And weren't we linked with him? We yeah, were, yeah, we were in January, yeah. Um, and then obviously bringing Wickham and Windass in. But <laughs> I'd had a quite fancy Brewster myself, but each of the own. Um, Windass is shite, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I've not even got any any big presenting showbiz to put around that. He's shit, isn't he? Is he just shit or is he just average? What? He's only played four games. I mean, one of them we've got spanked five play. bloody nil. <laughs> I, I you didn't even know he played that game. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know he was on pitch until he got subbed off. Where does, where does he fit in with this new formation? I, mean, I don't know. I, I think that's probably why he's not been playing, if I'm honest. Yeah. I'd like to see he's him get a get an elongated run, but I don't I don't see where he fits in, in this. I mean look, Adam Reach is not fitting in it. You know what I mean? We've come with come for me. I think so. Probably. That that'd probably be where I'd put him. I'd put him back in a bus and send him back to Scotland, go and learn how to play Mickey Mouse football up there. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on from that. Yeah, so Swansea, I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's gonna be like two all. I, you know what I mean? I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be one of them. What do you reckon? It's it, like you say. It's why. Who knows? Really? Who knows? It, it, it's where, where are they? They're just above. They're, us, about, they're, they're about eight. They're about eight or something like that. And since they've came back, yeah. they've won one, lost one, drawn one, as have we. Yeah, they're yeah. I, they're one of them teams that uh, that probably fancy themselves for the playoffs, even though they're mm-hmm. miles away from it. Like some of our fans, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, uh, who's in? Fifth and sixth. Now I know Forrest are right in that mix. I mean, Forrest for some reason nobody's talking about them. Forrest are fourth, Cardiff are sixth. Now with Cardiff and Forrest, I, I feel that the media has been quite disrespectful to them because they don't really get mentioned because they kind of want somebody to, you know, the narrative of you know Sky's narrative is always we need somebody to go tear it into the playoffs and absolutely run away with it and go, oh my God, look, we got promoted like Blackpool did and Hull and every bugger else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I you know, Brentford, that. Brentford, Brentford should should be going up. They play great football, but the problem is they're going to asset strip at the end of the season. But um, but yeah, I mean, Swansea's a shit one, isn't it? Do, do you think they've got out to play for then? How far? I, I don't. I, is it the closest. So, so, so Swansea, Swansea are eighth on fifty-seven. Derby seventh on sixty. Cardiff are sixth on sixty-one. So the four points off the playoffs. Level on games, we are slightly worse goal difference, but it's totally doable. Yeah, it's on quite, paper. I mean, on paper, he says, we're in Asterix. Yeah, but th- thinking, I'm not really that bothered about Swansea, but thinking of us, I think we need. It all depends on this deduction, doesn't it? Whether we get it or not, and how much it's going to be. <laughs> I can't really see it being famous last words, but I can't really see it being more than twelve. And in that case, I think we need another nine points from last five games. See, I'm, reckon, I'm, I'm, I'm going the other way over this. I'm, I'm going to be slightly, quietly confident saying that if, with, with what's, what's bubbling under, with the suggestion coming entirely from me that the EFL's maybe not exactly bang up to scratch with what it should be with every single person that's in there firing on all cylinders saying the same thing. I think we can see what's happening at Wigan. There might be one or two people that are in positions of responsibility that aren't necessarily qualified or capable of making them decisions. If somebody at the EFL has said what you've done is fine and we can prove that and we've got somebody who can argue that case, 
particularly what's going on at Wigan, albeit it's a different point. If somebody's within the EFL, so that's fine, and we can point back to that. I can't they see it being. They haven't. They haven't. Yeah. They really. They really haven't. It's you know. Think about it from any other business's point of view. If you get told by a company or a business, I'll you'll get a refund on that, or you'll get this, or you'll get that, and you can prove that. You can show a paper trail for that. You could take that. You can take that to a court, and you'll win every single time in a civil case because we are we are balance of probability. You'll win with that. And I know mm. this is not quite the same way as a civil court, but the argument's the same thing. If we can say we acted in good faith of who we were told by that person who worked for the EFL at that time, I think as loyal make mincemeat out of him. And I think the reason why it's going on so long is the EFL are doing all they can to try the best to say, ah, but you should have known better. And if we just go, well, should we? Yeah, told us- this guy's paid 10 million quid for Jordan Rhodes. What makes you think he knows any better? He's <laughs> <laughs> not scored in two years. He bought Daryl Lackman and Irby Emanuelson. They aren't even footballers. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're right I, I do agree that the longer this goes on the more favourable it's looking for us because the EFL the longer it goes on they, it's just showing that they can't be that sure of themselves so, mm-hmm. I think you're I, right I, I think you know in our group chat somebody met you know I, I had one with I'm in one with James and Pete and we're talking about the fit and proper person test mm-hmm. and that is still a thing don't get me wrong it's still something that that takes place I mean if you read that wonderful thread that you sent earlier on Ben the one about Wigan uh, and all the uh, coincidences that kind of take place all the way through the threat. That is just a, a big betting scam. I swear, that's I swear cool. to God, at the end of that, the Wigan owner was going to come out and it was going to be Kevin Spacey and his legs were going to straighten up and he was going to walk off into the <laughs> Don't want to use your suspects, anybody, if I've spoiled it. That's kind of crazy. And again, like our position, if we, if we are to get a deduction, is also going to be somewhat reliant on what happens with Wigan. Because at the moment, is it something like if... If the if if they're not in the relegation zone, they're going to get twelve points, mm-hmm. which could most likely put them in it anyway. So mm-hmm. it's, it's so like with, with the results that have happened the, the last week, it is so so close at the bottom. From, from, from <laughs> the, the, the EFL at the moment, it's like a parent when they're really cross and they don't they haven't worked out what the punishment is yet, and they get really really close. <laughs> if you don't stop doing that, I'm gonna bury one of you in the front yard and one of in the backyard. <laughs> They need to get their own house in order. If you do this, this is the punishment, and that's it. But they need to. Every single possible case that's coming up has to have a line drawn under it, going right from this point forward. If you do, if you break these rules, this is the punishment, and it's done. Because at the moment, they're making an ass of themselves. I think I think you're right. That's a really good analogy of it, actually. The parent things. So sorry, yeah, I was saying about the um, the EFL. They they do have the test, but they're choosing to ignore it because they want these big billionaire chairmen to come in. Turns out this one's skin and a bit bent. But the um, uh, but yeah, talking about the parent thing, that's really interesting because you're right. It's like the EFL are the parents that don't know how to punish it. So, for mm-hmm. example, they've said to their their teenager, um, "Go and clean our car." And this is with us, isn't it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Go and go and clean our car, and then we've gone. Hey, crackhead! Here's five pounds. Clean that car. Now, mm-hmm. the parents have gone. Well, the job's and done. If you do a, and if you do a good job, you get I'll get that five quid back. Pretty much. Yeah, 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 in it, in it. Now the parents have gone. Oh, that's that's that's. Uh, we've got the job done, Mike, but that's not the right way of doing it. I'm not yeah. having that. That's but not then, what I meant. That's not what I meant. But then now, you've got Rick Parry, who's been having his surreptitious conversations about Wigan. That's come wading in in his big bloody sandals with his <laughs> nose out and gone. Hey. 
I'm going to say something really inappropriate that's going to undermine everybody going, <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is normally me and Ash's kids. Nobody's trying to tell them off. But, like, <laughs> You've been to the Malky Mackay school of saying appropriate things, then. <laughs> Isn't it? Hey, you get that crackhead done there. Brilliant. I love that. Yeah, anyway, I don't like you anyway. You know what I mean? Like, he's just absolutely ballooned at the bloody idiot. Now, uh, that's an hour there, chaps. Have you got anything else to add before we go down, you know, before we, before we sign off? No, mate. Uh, listen, Rick Parry, if you are listening, uh, you've let down the people of Wigan with your footwear choice. If you ever go out wearing those sandals again, I mean, I will stand on your feet. Uh, <laughs> don't forget to join us on Twitter, TWWcast, and on Facebook, where I'll probably post this video because I've not been swearing too much. I swore loads, and I? A little bit. It's because I can see you. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and, uh, and yeah, so don't forget, follow us on Twitter, BenWoody underscore 23, and Monty. Dangerous. I know, mate. I've got it, Anna. I was looking at it earlier on. <laughs> and, um, and my name's Dan Fudge. Thanks a lot for joining us. See you later. Yeah. Keep up to date with the Wednesday Week on Twitter at TWWcast or on our website, thewednesdayweek.co.uk. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points, back of the net. Lubosh! Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.